the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to Living on the Rock Radio with Pastor Israel Labson. Here you will hear teaching that will challenge you to a deeper walk with Jesus. Whatever place you are in your understanding of God's plan for your life, you will grow closer by listening. No shame, no guilt, and no condemnation. But you will be challenged to a closer walk with God. Now, here's Pastor Israel with today's teaching. We are concluding our series on our overview of Paul's letter to the Ephesians. And uh, if you've been following us for the last several Sundays, I hope that you've gained some insight as to what this letter is all about and how the themes of the letter is so prevalent then and it's still so prevalent today in our, in our world, in our lives Um, Our verses this morning is taken from chapter 6, verses 10 to 12. Paul writes, Finally, be strong in the Lord and in His mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. You know, this letter to the Ephesians, it's a very easy letter, uh, easy book to read and understand, but it's very, very difficult to preach because uh, every Christian uh, need to understand that everything that is in this letter pertains to us, not only um, on, a, on a surface level, but on a day-to-day level. We need to, so to speak, live by the book, not only occasionally or as, as on as a needed basis, but every single waking moment of our lives, the call is to have a good grip on how to walk straight as a Christian and how to stand strong in the faith. This last chapter and these final verses give, gives us, give us ultimately the reason, the main reason why we need to know our position in Christ. By the way, the, the letter's emphasis is our position in the Lord, and we need to be able to answer the so what question when it comes to that. Uh, why we need to be prepared to live the Christian life, and why we need to be made perfect or perfected or sanctified for the glory of God. You know, remember when we, uh, when we come to faith in Jesus, two things happen, right? Two things happen. This is to every Christian who have given their lives to the Lord, who have exchanged their old life for the new life, who had been born again. Two things happen. There's a transformation that went on, okay? The Bible says that we have been given uh, a new nature. 
We are being transformed. We are transformed already, but we are being transformed continually. And the reason for that transformation is so that we can live out this life for the glory of God. Before we came to Jesus, I don't, I'm speaking for myself. Before I know I came to faith in Christ, I was living my life for myself. And when I finally came face to face with the gospel, I realized that I wasn't supposed to be doing that. I'm supposed to be living for Christ. Paul says, for me to live is Christ and to die is gain. So there's a transformation that goes on in order for God to for, for God to be assured that our lives are glorifying to Him while we live in this world. Okay, that's the purpose of the transformation. That's the, pur- the purpose of a, a changed heart. Uh, that's the purpose of living from darkness to light, from death to life. So that while we're in this journey in this life, while we are on our way to heaven as we sang today, that we in the process can give glory and honor to God advancing His kingdom. But there's another thing that happens. As we are transformed, we're also being transitioned. And I, and I said this enough in this series. Our hearts are being refocused towards our eternal home. Okay? So there's transformation and there's a transition that goes on. Every Christian must be thinking about this, must be conscious about this uh, every single waking moment of our lives. And why is that important? So what? We're being transformed for the glory of God and we are being transitioned to focus towards eternity. Uh, you know, don't, 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 Try to have a negative view of that transitional mindset. A lot of people will tell you, you Christians are so heavenly minded, you're no earthly good. Ignore that. We are heavenly minded. And because we are transformed, we are for the glory of God in this world. We do good things for the glory of God as followers of Jesus. Okay, so every person who have professed their faith in Jesus will go through that transformation and that transition. And that's why we're, you're, you're at church this morning, because you're, you're in there. You're in that journey. I am in that journey. Okay? But there's another reason why we need to focus on that. And that is because we are in a fight. That there's a battle going on to prevent that transformation, to prevent that transitional thinking. We have an enemy that is determined to make sure that we... Uh, do not put up a fight for the glory of God and for our journey in heaven, okay? Uh, The moment we call on the name of Jesus, the moment we put our faith in Jesus, the forces of darkness will array against us. There will be a battle. There will be a fight. It's an unavoidable thing. And um, our role is to fight through that so that the light of Christ, when Jesus says, I am the light of the world, and he also said that you are the light of the world, that's what this is all about. We are fighting in order to advance the radiance of Christ. We need to learn how to walk straight as Christians and how to stand strong. And we need the Holy Spirit to do this. We need to be filled with the Holy Spirit because we are in a fight against an enemy that is relentless. 
And some of you are cringing. Oh, pastor, you're not going to talk about the devil and Satan and all of these things. Yes, absolutely I am. Because that's where the fight stems from. We have an enemy of our soul that is determined to do that. To do everything that is possible so that we can be swayed away from the light, away from our journey, away from our transformation, away from our transitional thinking, and bring us back to the, to the power of the flesh, to the power of this world, and to his own power. I saw a movie not too long ago. This was an old movie, one of the better movies I've seen. It's called The Usual Suspect. I don't know, some of you may have seen that. It's got a great twist in the end and all of that. I recommend you see it uh, if, you are, if you're a fan of uh, mystery movies and things like that. The movie was about a policeman's quest to reveal the identity of a crime lord responsible for some of the most heinous and brutal and violent crimes. He had several suspects, that, uh, that are a group of, of, of suspects that, that hang out together. And he believed that one of these guys was that crime lord. But he couldn't get anything out of, I guess there might have been six of them or seven of them. So the policeman decided to pick on the weakest link. The weakest of the, the bunch. One who's crippled and one who's a little bit slow. Upstairs, okay, a little bit uh, not together uh, in his mind. And he started interrogating him and trying to get him to crack, trying to get him to confess. And finally, the, to the policeman's delight, he finally solved the mystery and he discovered who this crime lord was. And so he decided to release the weakest suspect because he finally thought that he got the truth out of him. And of course, in the twist ending, we discovered that the weakest member of that gang was in fact the crime lord that he was looking for. And at the end of the movie, that criminal made this quote. He said that the greatest trick the devil has ever played is to convince us that he doesn't exist. And I think that trick is still going on. I think, and if I'm speaking to Christians only this morning, I think there's this, this aura of disbelief in the existence of Satan, <laughs> of the devil. But unless we truly understand that we are at war, we are at battle, we are in a battle against the devil, if he can convince us that we're not, and if he convinces us that he doesn't exist, then he would be winning the fight. And that's his age-old trick. Now, let me, make, let me be clear. There's no battle going on between the devil and Jesus. There's no uh, battle going on between God and the devil, okay? Th th that's not true. No one will dare to put up a fight with God, and we know that. But his fight is against us. He is determined to make sure that we are in this warfare with him. We are in a fight, and we have to fight this battle with the devil. The war has already been won by the Lord on the cross. The devil is uh, an animal, so to speak, on a leash. He can still attack, and he can still damage, but he's now defeated. I mean, that's important to understand. When Jesus exposed the works of the devil on the cross, 
His ultimate power has been removed. But he's still powerful. He still rules this world. He's still in charge. And he can still an attack. Still carry on an attack. And that's exactly what he's doing. And these verses uh, that the Apostle Paul wrote in Ephesians uh, gives us, uh, you know, what we need to know in order to engage in this battle. If we believe that we're in a fight, we need to know how to engage in that battle. I give you three things this morning, three things we need to learn in order to successfully fight this good fight of faith that Paul so- talks about so much in scriptures. Number one, we need to accept the conditions of this battle. We need to accept the conditions. That's, that's where it begins. Look at verse 10 again. He writes, finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. That's an imperative. Be strong. It's not a suggestion. It's not a hint. It's, it's not some kind of a, it would be nice if you be strong. No, no, it's a direct command. Be strong because you're about to engage in a battle with a very, very, very formidable foe. Now, when, when, when the Bible says be strong and commands us to be strong, uh, it assumes two things. Number one, the battle will be difficult. When we are commanded to be strong, it is assumed and implied that the battle that we're engaging in will not be an easy battle. The fight you and I are in is not going to be an easy battle the fight, okay? I, I think the most tragic truth that many Christians, uh, enga- you know, the, the, the tragic truth about many Christians today is that many do not accept that the Christian life is not an easy life. I mean, messages like this that focuses on how difficult it is to be a Christian. Uh, they're not popular in our day, day and age, and I understand that. But the Christian life is not a walk in the park that we are, are led to believe by so many. And I think it's tragic because there's, this, uh, there's this, this feeling with a lot of people that to be a Christian is an easy way of living. We like the safety of Christianity, we don't look at the, the sacrifice involved in that. And yet in the gospel, Jesus himself says, birds of the air have nests and foxes have holes. But the Son of Man has nothing to put his head on. Those who want to follow me must pick up his cross. I mean, these are not my words. These are not words by just... And these are God's word. Today's preaching emphasizes more on if you're a Christian, you ought to be healthy, you ought to be wealthy, you ought to be successful and all of that. There's nothing wrong with that. And I think God uh, is gracious. Uh, God blesses us far beyond uh, our ability to understand. I mean, many of us are blessed just even to be here this morning. But if that's the focus that we have in living the Christian life, the devil's happy. If we can just focus on the fact that everything's good, everything will be fine, th- th- there's nothing hard about the transformation and the transition that we're going through, then that's the first base for, for, for the devil to really celebrate. But that isn't so. 
The Christian life is a safe life. It's a life of security, but it's also sacrificial. Jesus went to the cross. He carried the cross and it was crucified on the cross. And if you read the Bible, especially the New Testament, we are called to carry our cross and we are to crucify ourselves. That's a teaching of the Scriptures. And I know, you know, it, it won't be a popular thing to say that because we're human beings. We're creatures of habit. We want the comfort and all of those things. And again, you, you know, I mean, that's, that's, that's the normal way we think. But as Christians, we need to understand that there's a level of sacrifice that we need to accept. We need to accept the condition of this battle. This is going to be a difficult battle. You're here this morning because you want to hear the Scriptures read to you and you want the Scriptures explained to you. I mean, you have every opportunity to read that for yourself and, you know, decide whether you're hearing the right thing or not. The fact of the matter is, it's very clear in Scriptures that many of us don't want to put up a fight because we've been conditioned to believe that Sunday mornings is about us. It's about being relieved of our problems. It's about us ha having all the stress removed, having all the things that we need met. In other words, Sunday morning becomes a, a therapeutic session. This is nothing but therapy, you know. <laughs> Pastor, you got to tell me something I want to hear. We want to hear things like this. In fact, I heard a, a preacher once says to me, don't speak about sin, don't speak about righteousness in the church. People are smart enough to know. They understand that there's sin in the world. They understand all of these things. When you're at church on Sunday morning, don't even try to, to do that. You know, encourage the people. They're there to be encouraged. No, we're not all here to be encouraged. I hope if you, if you get encouraged, I praise God for that. And that's my goal to encourage you spiritually. But part of encouragement is getting all of us ready to understand that there's a fight going on. There's a fight going on, a fight that we need to fight. Jesus did not call therapists. He called prophets. Not the one that tells the future, but people who will tell us the truth. And that's what it means to proclaim the Word of God. Those who will proclaim what Scripture says. So the battle will be difficult. We need to understand that. We need to accept that condition. Okay, don't, don't take your Christian walk lightly. Be aware. Be mindful of the fact that there is a purpose to how we live. There's a reason to why we say things the way we say them. There's a reason why we stand up for things that are not popular in our, in our culture. That's not popular with our friends. There's a reason why we tailor our lifestyle for the glory of God because we are in a battle and we can't afford to be weak spiritually and in our understanding of what it means to fight this battle. So we need to accept the condition that the battle is difficult. And secondly, our best defense is dependence on God. The second implication of the command is that we are weak. 
Okay? So when we are commanded to be strong in the Lord, it is assumed that the battle will be difficult, but it's also assumed that we're going to be weak on our own to fight this. That's why Paul writes, be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. Because we can't fight this battle without the Holy Spirit filling us every day. And what does it mean, again, to be filled with the Holy Spirit? To be filled with the Holy Spirit is to yield everything to the leading of the Spirit based on God's Word. The application of God's Word. Every time we apply the teachings of Christ, we are filled with the Spirit. We give the right of way to the Holy Spirit. That's what it means to be filled with the Spirit. Now, I understand some people say, to be filled with the Holy Spirit is to experience the emotional things that, that go on and all that. I'm all for that. The Spirit touches us in every level of our being. He touches us that he, you know, we're creatures of emotion and we feel the presence of the Holy Spirit and we cry to Him and all of that stuff. All that stuff's good. All that stuff's legitimate. But if you say to yourself, I'm filled with the Holy Spirit, there's a daily giving of our right of way to the leading of the Spirit. The right of way. You know, it's like, it's like driving a car and you come to a four-way stop and you stop and you got there first and you allow the other guy to go ahead of you. That's what it means to be filled with the Holy Spirit. You know, you, you, know you can go. You have the right to go. You, you have all the talents that you need. You have all the resources that you need to take that step. But you go back and you say, Holy Spirit, I will yield to the direction that you are giving me. We need to depend on the Spirit of God, on the Holy Spirit's influence on, the, on us on a daily basis. If we think that we can really fight temptations, if we think that we can really overcome ungodliness in our life, if we really think that we can prioritize the worship of God on our own, then we would need the Holy Spirit. But Jesus says the Holy Spirit has come so He can lead you and guide you into all truth. The fact of the matter is we will never be able to put God first on our own. We need the Spirit of God to influence us in that area. That's why time and time again you hear preachers like me, we sound like a broken record, do not separate studying scriptures from praying. When you pray, I don't know what your prayer life is, I walk an hour and a half every morning because I want to stay in shape. All right? That's when I do my praying. I listen to scriptures and I pray. I listen to scriptures and I pray. And sometimes there's a message, there's a, there's a sermon that comes out of that. But I don't do that to elicit anything. I do that because I can't function spiritually without that in my life. And neither can any one of us this morning. We have to do it. It's, it's, it's part of the battle that we're, we're fighting. And um, we can't convince ourselves that we can do this Christian life on our own. We need to depend. So dependence is our main weapon. Jesus himself said these words to his disciples. Okay, it's in John chapter 16, verse 33. He says, I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world, you will have what? Trouble. In this world, Jesus, Jesus said this. In this world, you will have trouble. But take heart, I have overcome the world. Now, that's dependence on Jesus. That's not when you have a problem. 
I sure hope you didn't come to church this morning because you're dealing with a problem because you'll always be dealing with a problem throughout your life. There will always be something to deal with, okay? There's always been big or small. There will always be things in life like that. But you have come here because you depend on the presence of the Lord in your life. The main defensive weapon we have in this battle is dependence on God's power. So we accept the condition and we are, that we are in a battle and the battle is difficult and we need the power of God to defend us. So secondly, we need to acknowledge the command given in this, in this battle. We need to acknowledge the command. Look at verse 11. He says, now, be strong in the Lord and the power of His might. Now, put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. Uh, l- l- let, me, let me just say this morning that um, this armor is not a set of principles. And I say this all the time, forgive me. Uh, you know, part of teaching is causing people to learn. So part of teaching means we need to repeat things, right? If I sound like I say these things all the time, it's because my number one goal is to make sure that this is kind of implanted in in each and every one of us, that I'm reminded of this every day. The armor here is Jesus. It's what Jesus represents in each and every one of us. This is what Jesus, this is what we gain. This is what we got out from Jesus. This is what Jesus gives us. You've been listening to Living on the Rock Radio with Pastor Israel Labson, a ministry of Living Rock Christian Church in Sunnyvale, California. If you have been helped by this radio program and would like to keep it on the air, your continued prayerful and financial support is greatly appreciated. Please visit livingontherockradio.com where all your tax-deductible gifts will go directly to the radio ministry. That's livingontherockradio.com. Living Rock is a church that doesn't care how you are dressed or what candidate you voted for. A church made up of imperfect people from all walks of life with a hunger and thirst to understand God's plan for our lives. No matter what you've been through or what questions you may have about God and faith, you will find love, grace, and hope at Living Rock Christian Church, 675 East Taylor Avenue in Sunnyvale, with Sunday worship starting at 1030 a.m. More information at livingontherockradio.com. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.